Shalom. This is Yara Ben Emmet with another exciting podcast edition for the Torah Watchman. Yes, I have not spoken to you recently uh, because I've been very, very busy. But you are equally important to me for me to get the truth out to you as soon as possible. First of all, for people that have not met me before, okay? I live in an Arab in Silver Spring, Maryland, United States. An Arab is in Hebrew is a Jewish community, primarily Orthodox Jews choose to live in these enclaves so they, they can have a Jewish infrastructure to support them. For instance, walking to synagogue during Holy Shabbat, the seventh day of rest for all Jews. So I live in this area by choice and I spend a lot of money just to be able to be honored to live in my Arab. And well, that's the kind of Orthodox Jew I am. Orthodoxy means correct doctrine. I, by Jews, we have to pretty much be truthful about everything. We cannot uh, go out and judge other people without two witnesses. We certainly cannot go out and destroy people's reputation because, you know, in the Talmud, it is equal to murder for us to do that. So let me get all that out of the way. I hope everyone's been well. I have four degrees in science, I have a master's degree in science, and uh, I have an avid interest in meteorology and astronomy. I've been an astronomer uh, since I was a child. I've been observing, for instance, sunspots since I was a child using projection technology back in the 70s and early 80s in which you would project an image of the sun. And the reason why I was doing this, because I was studying sunspots. Sunspots are literally what they are. They look like black dots or freckles all over the sun. Of course, you cannot look at the sun directly with unaided eye. You'll blind yourself. But I remember when I was a child, the sun was so active during that time, um, just a teenager, uh, the sun was so active during that time when the sun was very low on the horizon. You could use uh, welder's glasses or whatever and look at the sun very carefully, very quickly. And I remember there were sunspots on the sun was so large that you could see them with an unaided eye, um, without any optical telescopes or anything else. There were that much uh, solar activity, and this was in probably in the 70s up to 1980 when I was making these observations. I actually um, drew pictures as an artist. I drew them out because I didn't have uh, mobile phone technology back then. And I mailed it to Noah, believe it or not. Noah is essentially <clears throat> works with NASA for climate analysis for both space and, and uh, Earth weather reporting. Uh, they track hurricanes, tropical storms, cyclones, and all that. But the main thing, uh, NASA and NOAA work together to report to you and, and to tell you that you need to be careful on how much air you exhale. You need to be careful on how much smoke you blow out of your tailpipe. Why? Because humans are responsible for destroying the planet with uncontrollable levels of carbon dioxide. Yes, this is why, what I'm going to address here. Folks, this is, this is not just my opinion, but I will give it for it. Okay, NOAA and NASA are great scientific organizations, some of the best in the world. They really are. However, they're controlled by liberals. They're controlled by political activists that want to 
to control the narrative of your thinking, your worldview. They want to realign their proposed worldview um, and versus your worldview that's personally important for you the way you were raised. If Let me put this out. If you can tax a man, you can control his destiny. And this is what this is all about. You hear about President Biden talking about the, the urgent emergency crisis of climate change. We have to do something about this now. Uh, John Kerry is out with a recent climate conference uh, in Europe. And he's talking about he wants... He wants our carbon footprint diminished to a point by 2035. No more, no more coal will be uh, manufactured, processed in America. He made that statement. <laughs> and, you know, China, communist China just opened up and they announced probably they opened up new 12 coal-fired plants. So everyone else is continuing with petroleum and coal and natural gas. And God bless them because, you know, um, if you don't have energy, you will freeze to death in the winter. You will not have food. You will not have refrigeration. Okay? AOC and the other radicals in the House of Representatives is pushing this. President Biden went out and made a big speech on this. President Biden is not a scientist. He's a political activist. He's been in government way too long, and it's probably time for him to retire because he is not making these decisions independently, okay, based on his own research. He is essentially regurgitating activists within his administration like AOC, uh, even uh, climate scientists within NASA and NOAA that I already mentioned, other people in Europe are controlling the narrative. They actually write a script, they put it in the teleprompter, and he just regurgitates what he reads there. Not that he understands anything what is being read to, but since he's the Honorable President of the United States, we are we should listen to it, give him benefit of the doubt, and listen to what he's saying. But you know, we've heard these stories before. I've been on this earth for 56 years. I remember the George George Bush and Al Gore presidency, the presidential election. Remember Al Gore was talking about that you know when uh, the, the horrible hurricane of Katrina hit on uh, New Orleans and Knife Ward there uh, killed a lot of people, made a lot of people homeless, flooded that entire area. Uh, um, Katrina, uh, the hurricane there, the Knife Ward did not have uh, the uh, the proper infrastructure there to support a hurricane like that. It essentially got stuck there and it didn't have where to go and flooded the entire area. And I remember this because um, I'm from Louisiana and many of these people were homeless and they, uh, they left New Orleans permanently and they went to Houston. Anyway, not Jermaine. But when that milestone event of that great hurricane event, uh, this hurricane was not the strongest, Katrina was not the strongest hurricane in history. It produced the most rain. And hurricanes are adjudicated by how much damage they cause uh, against our infrastructure, our economy, and the loss of people's lives, okay? A hur- there have very, been very, very powerful hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean and Pacific, s- essentially just spinning around, not going anywhere, just impacting uh, uh, ship lanes and things of that nature. But until a hurricane actually hits the United States, co- our coastal areas, um, that's, not, that's when we began to adjudicate the category strength of that storm. When Katrina came, Al Gore went out immediately and said, you see what's happening? 
the planet is warming. Back then, they called it global warming. Very clearly, they called it global warming. They said, if uh, he said you should expect in the years to come many more of these Katrina-type hurricanes. That what the instance number, the rate of these large, large hurricanes will increase year after year after year exp- exponentially uh, because of uncontrollable human-caused climate warming that's also known in scientific circles as anthropogenic warming. This means man-made carbon emissions, uh, methane, CO2 emissions, water, um, things of that nature, aerosols and other things like that, that create a greenhouse effect that you probably can see evident in a greenhouse that people grow all your all your favorite herbs and orchids and, and flowers and plants and things like that during the winter and you can buy them and plant them in the spring <clears throat> because plants thrive on the CO2 that we as animals and human beings excel and they reciprocate that love back to us by giving us oxygen okay now since I have laid out the chess pieces on the table let's go back a little bit further in time 1988 James uh, Hansen with NASA, NASA scientist. When you're a NASA scientist and you appear before Congress, people listen to you. So he had a theory during that time. He blamed he, it was about 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Washington, D.C. during that time. And he was talking, everyone was complaining about the heat. I think there were drought conditions throughout the United States. But anyway, he was talking about this porning case and he did use, use some sort of sensitivity analysis, climate sensitivity report with statistics. I've had statistics in university. You can fudge the numbers very easily to make the curve, make the graph go in any direction you want to if you control the data set. So what he was reporting and saying is we, have, we are warming uncontrollably to a point that we will not be able to control any longer if we don't reduce our carbon emissions okay <clears throat> that was his scientific theory and as far as i know that was his talking point and it was not a consortium of like-minded scientists because many other scientists had different opinions all over the world okay for instance in the russian federation climatologists there believe the world is actually cooling and not warming i'll get to that moment uh, in a moment but anyway, J- uh, James Hansen started all this narrative. Al Gore quoted him. Even President Biden is quoting him. All, uh, if you do a political survey, more people believe uh, the world is warming if you're on the left side um, of the spectrum, political spectrum, versus the right side. More people that conservatives care more about the quality of life statement for human beings then they care so much about excessive carbon carbon dioxide emissions released in the atmosphere because you have a strong and growing economy, you're feeding the poor, you're feeding other people in other places in the world, and and you're enjoying your quality of life because we, we, um, we, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, we should not be poisoning the planet. We should not be missed, abusing animals we should not be cutting down more trees than we're planting don't get me wrong about this i remember folks in the 80s and 90s up to 2000 acid rain was a huge problem in the united states it was a problem in canada you literally had statues that were uh, uh, in cemeteries and other places like this that looked like they were crying 
because literally the sulfuric acid was was melting chemical reaction in the stone granite marble whatever and it was causing uh damage uh to the statues and i remember it on tv and everything else and what i'm trying to say is in the 80s and 90s we had a lot of problem with sulfur with mercury and lead poisoning in fact cape cod was so bad at that time you, you could not even consume the lobsters there because lobsters and crustaceans absorb every single bit of trash and toxin and chemicals in the ocean, in the coastal areas, into their bodies. When you eat it, you get all that poisonous, poisonous things into your body. That's why Jews do not eat lobsters and crustaceans because they're not considered clean. Anyway, not germane. Back to the narrative about the sky is falling is you know talking about chicken little and everything else if you believe something um enough if you if you if you only include those people that believe in your way of thinking it will become your 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 worldview and that's where we're at listen what climate change actually has become is a mammoth effort not just by the united states but other countries at large in which they want to have a value-added tax against every human being for just existing. Yes, so if you get in your car for your commute, if you have a gasoline-powered car or whatever, I don't know what it would be for battery-operated cars, but if you get in your car, you would have to pay an extra tax just to operate your combustion engine and blow greenhouse gases out of your tailpipe. That's where it's going, folks. EPA on the Obama administration was actually classifying rainwater as as something that was toxic to the environment so they were controlling that as well they were also fining farmers and and land developers if they had a beaver dam uh, uh, blocking water in a creek or lake or 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 uh, or some sort of water reserve there in on their property and it created a swampy mess well uh, the EPA was so strict in the Obama administration that if you had that in your in your uh, property that you own, some people own hundreds hundreds of acres of property for farming and more than that. So they would say that is a protected swamp. That's how ridiculous it is. But back to global warming that James Hazen said we have to do something. It's an emergency situation. We have to do something about it. Various presidents promised to do something about. Um, climate change, global warming, uh, Obama uh, uh, talked a lot about it, did not do very much about it. Um, you know, we're at a point right now, you know, we were producing under the, the President Trump's administration, we were totally independent of OPEC and Russian Federation uh, of any other country and buying oil and petroleum products and services from them again ever again we could produce all the refined fuels and petroleum products Bulkashem in our own country we're opening up Anwar province in Alaska and other areas and public lands too we were totally independent of energy from other countries and now we're totally dependent on the Russian Federation we're totally dependent on OPEC in fact instead of Biden uh, saying Let's authorize the Keystone Pipeline project to continue. Let's work on this pipeline uh, built by Canada and Michigan to bring all that natural gas into the United States. Let's do something for middle-class Americans and 
people in poverty uh, that are that do not have enough money to even put gas in the car let's help them to lower the price of gasoline no he's not saying that what he's doing is he's criticizing the russian federation and opec for not producing uh, enough of their dirty crude to sell it back to us at their profit margin so they're making money off of us of our stupidity and ridiculousness all this is about is global warming folks Listen, global warming, that's what it was called in 1988. However, when you had uh, summers and winters did not support the statistical predictions and formulas and models that both NASA and NOAA was predicting for, for a warming planet, uh, for, as for instance, if you, had, if you predicted 20 uh, hurricanes for a certain hurricane season, but you only had 10, they had to change the the narrative again so eventually um, um, global warming became something called believe it or not <clears throat> uh, uh, climate weirding okay in other words it is weird to have excessive snowfall in a winter when you predicted that in that area of the country you would have less snowfall uh, by the predictive models so in other words you had weird um, weather phenomena throughout the world and across different or different four seasons that broke the model's predictions so you could call this an anomaly. So that way uh, they could blame um, um, human beings for whether it, you had a wonderful ski season in Colorado one year or you didn't or you had droughts in California one year or you had massive monsoon rains in California. Well, however it was, it is blaming mankind because you can tax mankind, you control mankind, you can empower and grow government um, to a, a mammoth monster that has become in our country uh, right now if you can tax people for the way they live. And this is what it's all about, folks. I'm not saying that the world has been gradually warming, okay? In the 1930s, you heard about the great dust bowl, great droughts in the prairies um, was dominating uh, that time. Incidentally, the sun was very, very active as far as solar flares, sunspot activity. In fact, I heard back um, even before that, in early 1900s, uh, teletype lines were still there. Things like that actually caught on fire because of the, uh, the intense solar flare activity that was dominating the, uh, the world during that time, okay? And there's a many arguments with NOAA and, and NASA about uh, this, this here. They draw, they draw lines on a graph and they try to, to mark where global temperatures over a period of several decades, the last 100 years or whatever, since we've been measuring this, we've been counting sunspots since about 1755. Incidentally, they were trying to show that the lines were not directly proportional with the rise and fall of solar activity and the rise and fall of uh, Earth's um, average temperature. So to bring this to conclusion, I know I've been long-winded, but this is very scientific and, and, and it's something that's going on in the world today because it's changing, it's going to change the way we live forever, okay? Uh, I, you know, I live close to the D.C. area. I've traveled something called the Beltway. It's only about 25 miles to get to home. But, you know, I used to sometimes take two and a half to three hours in my gasoline-powered Kia Soul, which I love this car, um, um, fuel-efficient and everything else. But anyway, 
Can you imagine if you were in a battery-operated car, if 25% of all the gasoline-powered cars, motor vehicles are taken off the road and replaced by battery-operated only cars, these cars would have run out of power if you had to stay in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic for two hours. So just think about this. This is where we're going. You remember last winter that Texas literally froze to death. People literally froze to death. There was a huge problems and food distribution, uh, ener energy prices and things of that nature. Why? Because Texas bought in to the windmill idea on being able to mitigate uh, climate uh, uh, glow, uh, greenhouse emissions and things of this nature. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting choked up about this. But anyway, this windmill is completely shut down because they were not built for that type of cold weather in Texas in the south. But it happened. I was in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. I remember when my daughter was a barely one in 2017, on 28, early 2018, we had a massive snowfall there. I mean, I had snow on palm trees. I had six inches of snow in Charleston, South Carolina. Al Gore back in the, back in the 90s and early 2000s was saying polar bears would become extinct because they didn't have any glaciers to, uh, to, to rest upon or to um, chase, chase uh, after their food supply. Well, you know, uh, all, this, all, this, uh, all these predictions that were made by James Hansen, uh, Hansen I'm sorry, and Al Gore uh, with his private jet blowing greenhouse gases out of his tailpipe, going to the world and telling people how they should live their lives and how they should give up all their coal and petroleum and gasoline products, how we should go to solar panels, go to windmills. Incidentally, all these things are made in communist China. We put them together in America. Uh, even the, the rechargeable batteries there, the chemicals in there, I use cobalt. And this is mined literally by very poor blacks in Africa and South Africa in that area where cobalt is mined. It's very poisonous too. Listen, I could go on and on, but you don't have time about this. But let me close this in a saying, I promise I would be, be short and sweet. Listen, I've been monitoring sunspot activity since I was um, um, 12 years old, I say, 10 or 12 years old, okay? I've been counting sunspots. There's something known as a maunder minimum. What that means is for a pro almost 100 years, between 1755 and 1855, 1875, there was something called the Little Ice Age. Now, this could have been a coincidence, but during that time, we were we had astronomers there that were actually counting sunspots and making predictions. We were, at that time, the sun has 11-year cycle where it's high and 11-year cycle when it's low for a total of 22 years for its total solar cycle to go through. I think we went into uh, uh, solar cycle 25 uh, in 2014. I believe I'm correct. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about this. We're in the solar cycle 25 now. The sun's supposed to be at its maximum. I've been watching sunspots. We've had a few solar flares, as you would expect. But you know, the sunspots, even though they may appear on the solar disk, they are not behaving the way they did in the 80s and 90s. Okay, in other words, not every storm on the sun, which appears as sunspots, is darker than a coronal mass there. Not every sunspot will produce a solar flare that's gamma radiation 
that heats up the planet. The sun actually can be more brilliant and more intense in its irradiation when you have more solar flare activity. You see where I'm going? No sunspots means lower irradiance of the sun is actually not as bright, okay? Uh, that's gamma radiation. Gamma radiation is produced from solar flares. It can wipe out your electric grid, okay? It can cause haywire with that. I already told you, 1930s, they called te uh, teletype wires caught on fire because of all that electrical uh, geo uh, geomagnetic activity and all that. But anyway, what I'm saying is CERN, a laboratory experiment, tried to figure out why clouds form. They figured out that, that, get this, cosmic rays from deep space, from pulsars, black holes, supernova, neutral stars, other things like that, and uh, in deep space, um, produce a different type of proton neutron radiation that actually can cause clouds to form on the planet. The Earth is actually becoming cloudier, excuse me, <coughs> and greener at the same time. This is caused from a, a hibernating sun, or so our sun is not producing as much gamma radiation uh, as it used to, um, versus uh, versus uh, being in hibernation state where it doesn't have a lot of so uh, solar flares. This means that co that galactic cosmic radiation from deep space can penetrate the Earth. You have less aurora borealis up in the north because you have less solar flares, right? Um, those are quite beautiful, but what you also have is a lower and decreased geomagnetic field around the Earth. That is like our deflector shield at Star Trek, and that allows all these uh, the cosmic galactic rays to penetrate the Earth. This will actually seed aerosols from volcanic eruptions, sulfur, sulfides, and things that high in the stratosphere can cause clouds to form. So you read Farmer's Almanac, you know Jews uh, uh, go by lunar and solar cycles. Uh, the Farmer's Almanac also, also makes weather predictions based on this. They are actually more accurate than NOAA and NASA with all their supercomputers. You know, listen, I hope you enjoyed this topic here. Please uh, uh, listen to President Biden, but listen with a grain of salt. Please use some common sense here, you know. Um, I predict that we're going to have a very severe winter in my uh, area of the country along the East Coast this year. I predict that, okay? I predict that the world is gradually cooling, okay? Many people are believe this as well because it's directly related to the sun that controls our weather more than we give it credit for. Unfortunately, NASA and NOAA cannot tax the sun for not producing enough solar flares, but they can tax you for getting in your car going to work, uh, paying, paying your bills, and feeding your family. Listen, Yarb and Emmett signing out. I'll see you real soon. Please go to YouTube, look up uh, Torah Watchman Show under Word and Board. I'll see you real soon.